Welcome to the Catfish and Crappie Podcast. My name is Mark, and today's guest is Austin Higgins from Rock Bottom Cats. I get that right, Austin? Yes, sir. How are you doing today, bud? Good. How about yourself? Not too bad. You get some fishing in this weekend? I got a little bit in, oh, what was it, Friday night or Saturday night? But uh, yeah, me and nice. buddy went out and did a short little trip here on the river. Cool. There's a short trip on the river is better than no trip on the river, that's for sure. Yes, sir. So, Austin, how long have you been doing the YouTube thing? Um, well, I started it, I guess, a year, year and a half ago. I, I made the username for it about, mm-hmm. a, about six months before probably I even posted a video, really got things going. But I've been posting, I think, a year and a half now. Okay. And is there any meaning to the name Rock Bottom Cats? <laughs> Well, there's two things behind it. One, the area of the river that's my home stretch is, is pretty rocky and uh, catfishing in, in a rocky area. And most people think of mud and catfish. And I said, well, I fish a lot of rocks, so we'll go with rock bottom. And uh, we also, it was uh, me and a buddy started out doing it, and we had a, a lot of Walmart gear to go along with it. And I said, we kind of rock bottom, looked like poor, poor boys out here, but it, it gets the job done. So uh, kind of a double meaning with the name there. I think we all start out with that Walmart gear and Zepco 33 is even before that and yeah and so on so uh uh it, it's good to know I'm in in with a like-minded person definitely <clears throat> so uh, you, you had mentioned you you got your start using the Walmart gear and stuff what are some of your earliest fishing memories I, I like to kind of get to know the people I have on the show let everybody know uh, where they got their starts because usually they're really good stories so would you like to share that with us sure I I got started fishing when I was a kid I mean ever since I can remember um, mostly pond fishing and creek fishing uh, I, I grew up on a farm and we had a, we have a decent creek that runs through there and it's full of um, anything from catfish to bowfin to blue or sunfish to bass so I grew up fishing on that and then fishing in farm ponds as well. So I guess you could say a little bit of bass fishing and then a little bit of catching bullheads and channel cat type fishing too is uh, really where I started. And uh, I guess my one of my biggest memories, I was a kid. My dad found, a, I think behind his work, he found a fishing pole in the trash can there. He ended up salvaging and I ended up catching, a, I don't know, about a nine or ten pound bass on that pole. So that, that wow. memory definitely stands out to me. But uh, that, that's kind of my background. I really didn't get big into catfishing or trophy cats here until the past few years. But. Mm-hmm. That's usually the the, the natural pro- progression of a lot of people I've I've talked to on here is they'll start out, you know, with the with the panfish and move on to bass and such. And and once you catch a bass of that size, it's 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 hard to do any better than that, isn't it? Fishing for bass. Yeah. Now, granted, it's a pond bass, so some folks might not think it counts, but uh, it uh, it, it is on the wall, but yeah, it's, well, there you uh, go. It, it must hard. have counted to you. It, it counted me as a as a nine, ten year old kid. But uh, yeah, it's hard to beat that, no matter where you go, really. Absolutely, um, nine pound. That's a that's a that's a slob of a bass. I'm not going to lie. Even out of a pond, that's kind of cool to catch. Do you remember what you caught him on? I want to say it was a piece of live shiner or something. My grandpa That'll put do it. on there for me. Them bass love live. Man, I, my my PB. Well, my my le- prior to like a week ago, my PB bass was on a piece of cut bait. <laughs> really? 
fishing for catfish. <laughs> All my other big bass were caught while 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 bait fishing, so we had that going on for a while. Uh, bass fishing's fun. Uh, I don't mind it. A lot of people give it a hard time. If we could use it for bait out here, I probably could, but I'd use anything for bait. If it could, here, so. yeah, if it could, if it can get me into a big fish, that's fine. If you can make a sandwich for yourself, there's no reason why other fish can't eat it too. That's yeah. the way I'm thinking. Uh, we got two stands in the house. I see Tom Harris, a.k.a. Papa T, Sean T. Outdoors. I'm seeing people come in here left and right. We're up to 57 people in chat. I want to thank everybody for checking it out. If you're listening to the podcast, um, I, I, I want to encourage you to come on over and check it out live every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Catfish and Crop YouTube channel. Uh, I see Chris Uselton out there, too. Tim Molina, great supporter of the channel. I I appreciate you, Tim. Thank you for checking it out. And Palmetto Cats just came in. You were on Palmetto hey, Cats show a while ago, weren't you? Yes, sir. You were. You were. I remember seeing you on there. That was a good interview. I wanted to make sure that I got you on here. Sorry it took so long, but I'm glad I have you on here. I'm tickled to be on here. So what's your favorite fish to chase now? Uh, if I had to pick, it'd definitely be a flathead. Flathead, huh? And you do catch, you also do chase blues and channel cats as well? Um, yeah, we, we've got a pretty good blue population all across North Carolina, honestly. Uh, okay. And, and wintertime, I'll, I'll target them, but spring through fall, I, I'm not going to turn a blue cat down, but I, I'm definitely going after a flathead. And what is it about flatheads that makes you like them best? I don't know. It's the one, it's the fight. They, they, they have a, you, when they hit, you know, it's a flathead 95% of the time. And, and two, I guess it reminds me of hunting more than anything because you, you got to put a little work sometimes to get on one of those. And I almost feel like it, you are hunting them. You know they're there, but you got to wait for them to come by, kind of like you do a deer. So, yeah, or you don't always know they're there and you just got to go with what you know. That's, that's, yep. that's a lot of the, the part. Well, that's a lot of the way that I'm kind of encountering them. I just kind of stick to what I know and, and, and hopefully they're, they're there waiting. So, um, cool yeah flatheads hold a deer deer I, I wish i was a better flathead fisherman i do all right i've gotten lucky i'm not gonna lie um and i love to chase them but uh, i do a lot of channel cat fishing and when i'm flathead fishing um it, it's nice when a plan comes together isn't that the truth oh yeah Definitely. so what are you so what, what are you looking for when you're looking for flatheads well most folks are looking for heavy structure and log jams which I, I look for those, but the area that I'm fishing is actually really rocky and then we've and shallow. So I like to find a good hole and get set up on some type of main travel route to catch them coming from one of those holes that's full of big old rocks and everything to ambush them. I don't, I don't really fish a whole lot of right on top of the log jam. I try to fish where they're active because I'm, I'm night fishing. I'm not, I'm expecting them to be out moving around. So I'm looking for mm -hmm. their, their travel route. So most of your fishing is done for flatheads at night? Uh, yeah, and that's one because work schedule and just life, it's easier to go out at night. And mm -hmm. two, uh, I don't know, I like the night fish. That's uh, less people uh, in general. Uh, it's cooler. Part, yeah, it's cooler, but <laughs> we've got a lot of kayakers and tubers and stuff around here too. So Yeah, we, we have plenty of them here. And, and the, we, we recently in the last two years, we got these wake surfers behind the wake surf boats. And those will flood my boat in a heartbeat. I actually had a one of them wakes come over the front of my boat. I have a little 16-foot lund, and, and that was enough for me to not want to be on there on a holiday weekend. Yeah. Uh, setting hooks and cross nice comment that he says, uh, I think just like Austin, I know they're there. 
they just don't feel like eating. Isn't that yep. the truth? Yep. It's definitely the truth. Um, so what kind of bait are you using when you're looking for flatheads? What's your favorite? I'd say any sunfish species. My, my favorite's a red-breasted sunfish, um, mm-hmm. which North Carolina, we can use those. I know some states you can't use them, but that, that's my, my favorite bait. Uh, second favorite is honestly a live bass. Uh, uh, about an 8 to 14-inch live bass. That's a good. That's a good piece of live bait because they're lively, and uh, you can do pretty well with them. And we can keep two under fourteen inches here. So, uh, I'll. Uh, oh, there's my wife. Um, but is, I, is that your wife? Yeah, Welcome. There, there's my wife. But yeah, so I, if I get my hands on a couple of them, I'll toss them in my my bait bucket just because they're pretty good. Welcome home of Higgins. Thanks for checking out the chat. And if you're new to the show, if you could subscribe, maybe give me a thumbs up. I'd really appreciate it. Austin's a good guest. Check out his channel. Links in the description. Make sure all of you guys in there, if you're not subbed to Rock Bottom Cats, go ahead and check it out. Also, if you're listening to podcast, the link will be in the description. So I really appreciate it. So uh, I agree. Yeah, the the wakes are terrible on on bass boats. Bass boats wakes. If you think a bass boat wake is bad, you haven't seen a wake surfboard yet. So, being a kayak and have a, a wakeboard boat come by, <laughs> that'll yeah, yeah. Uh, that's rough. So you do you do a lot of your uh, um. Uh, oh, Lyle Stokes is in the house. What's going, Lyle? Thanks for checking out the show. So you do more a major a majority of your fishing from the bank from the kayak. I know you got a couple of videos on a boat. I, I do this year. I've honestly done mostly bank fishing. I've a uh, I don't know. I really enjoy being on the bank. Uh, my buddy that Mitchell, you see him fish with me all the time. He's got a, a, a it's called a catfish yacht, and it's like a catfish yacht. And he's always wanting to take it out, but I love being on the bank. So uh, we'll you'll see some upcoming videos. We'll be out in that, but and then I do do some in the kayak. Um, I'll probably get that a little bit heavier once things cool off and there's less pleasure boaters out there on the, the lakes. But this time of year, I don't like being out on the water in a kayak. Yeah. Bank fishing's cool. If you're willing to wait them out, unless you got some really good spots. And I, I imagine you're keeping those in the dark. So people don't know where you're at or. Well, I, I, I try, but it doesn't, I use a lot of lights and uh, if I'm anywhere near any of the boat ramps, everybody knows what's going on over there is pretty obvious it's lit up like a stadium so <laughs> I, i've lost a few spots i guess but i try not I, to. I did notice that your videos for being at night are, are really good quality the quality of your videos are great and when you guys go over there to subscribe to his channel you'll you'll notice that everything looks spot on even even him today uh live on the podcast he's really got the the quality down which which makes a heck of a difference if you're a creator out there take some lessons from this man the sound is on on point and the video uh quality is on point as well so those things are pretty important sound being more so uh mega kudos on that stuff we really appreciate it as viewers austin well i appreciate you saying that i'm I'm still i'm learning every time i go out i try to make it a little bit better it's uh looking back at some of the old stuff it's progressed a lot lighting and audio and hopefully i can keep making it a lot better but uh welcome tree limb fishing welcome takedown catfishing with kenneth uh with kenneth powell what's going on kenneth how you doing uh jay fox hunter i hope i didn't miss you before i got a got a tree limb fishing i'm wearing his wearing there his apparel go. right now very nice to see a friend of yours yeah he's i've done a few trips with him very cool uh, he's a kayak guy correct that is he just bought him a, a pro hobie pro angler he's a 
He's in the big leagues now. Oh, he's serious, man. That Hobie Pro Angler costs more than a lot of people's boats. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> or some of these setups these kayak guys have with trolling motors and stuff, they're pretty cool, but it can get pricey when you're running lithium batteries and stuff. Yeah, I just bought a couple of them, and it, it hurt, but yeah. they, uh, they're great. So tell us about your kayak. What are you running? I'm a New Canoe Frontier 12. And I did just put a trolling motor on that. I've only, yeah. I haven't even done a, a video with that yet, I don't think. But uh, uh-huh. it, those are coming. I, you know, that that'll make all the difference in the world, especially if you want to do a little solo fishing. You don't need someone to pick you up at the launch. Are, and we're, um, without giving away any of your spots, what body of water do you like to fish with? Your home water, the, the rocky bottom, my, uh, cat's water? My home water is the Cape Fear River. Um now I fish it about half the year. Then I fish the the Yadkin and PD River, uh, kind of the other. Those are my more of my cooler weather spots because there's reservoirs all along that river system, so you can fish the river or you can fish the reservoirs. Uh, but this time of year, I spend a whole lot of time on the Cape Fear. Cool. And uh, um, how when you're in your kayak, how how big of a section of river are you usually fishing? So I'll do anywhere from. I'll fish near a boat right there near the boat ramp. And sometimes I'll paddle two or three miles um, to a spot. Uh, that's my, I don't really like, that's why I bought the trolling motor. Because <laughs> that's a rough paddle with all, and a, one, the new canoe. I mean, it's a, it's a good kayak, but it's not meant for paddling miles and miles upstream. And um, I also carry a lot of gear. So it's a, it's a haul. Yeah. You know, a five gallon bucket of bait that, that, that adds up, doesn't it? Yeah. And, uh, and I keep on adding more camera gear and more camera camping gear. gear, and it's got a 650 pound capacity. And I, I swear, I, I push the limit sometime with everything <laughs> I carry. Those new canoes are pretty solid. I've, I've I've dabbled in the the canoe or not in the kayak world, and that was one of the models that I uh, um, went to a demo days. So I got to test it out. It seemed really good. It was between uh, that and the uh, the jacks, and I bought the big rig being a bigger guy. I think it was a good kayak, but I think it was a mistake. It was kind of like a barge. Yeah. It, it really was. Um, and the other one that Mo Creek runs, I forget which one, but that's mostly a bass one. I forget the name of that one. So that tells you where it, it fell like third, but yeah, canoes are pretty cool. I thought I was getting too old um, to... Uh, <laughs> To keep canoeing, it's kind of funny. I was telling Spencer this story when I had him on the show. And uh, uh, so I put it up for sale, and it, it turns out that some 65-year-old lady ended up buying it from me. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a slap in the face? Uh, yeah, she's a, she, she must be tough. Yeah, she's doing pretty good. She'll send me a picture every now and then when she gets on the fish. She'll take that big old barge out and just panfish with it. So. <laughs> she's out here at Rockford hitting Pierce Lake. So if, if you see Mary out there in a red... Uh, 65 she's probably like 67 now she has 67 i haven't heard from her in a while i'll check on her but uh if you see uh mary out there in a big red jackson uh a big rag a big rig tell her mark said hello give her some bait or give her some attention tell her she's doing a good job so so how long have you been using your kayak how long have you been kayak fishing so i started out in a little old 10 foot sitting side and uh I mean, I, I fished for channel cats out of it a little bit, and I did small panfish-type fishing out of it. And mm-hmm. uh, then as I've got more heavily involved in catfishing, I, I used it some to get me to some spots, but I didn't I didn't try to catch anything of size in it. And then bought the new canoe, I don't know, a year and a half ago, and then started doing a little bit of fishing out of it. So I guess I'm fairly new to chasing bigger catfish in a in a kayak. 
I said that's Michael Williams. Michael Williams wants to know, Austin, what's the biggest flathead you have caught? I I don't know poundage somewhere in between fifty and sixty pounds. I, I measure most of my fish, um, and they they're usually that's usually within a few pounds. And I've I've had the biggest one figure up maybe fifty to fifty five, maybe when I measure, measured out fifty eight pounds. So mm-hmm. give or take. That's a good fish. When I get that big, does it really matter? Uh, I'm tickled. With, if it's over 30 pounds, I'm pretty tickled. Yeah, me too. 35-pounders are fun to catch. I don't care what anybody says, yep. especially in, like, shallow water. What? How deep's the water where you're fishing? Um, the average depth in this stretch I'm on is in but about two, three, maybe four feet deep. Uh, now, there's holes that up to, I think the deepest one I know of is 18 to 20 feet deep, depending on the water yeah. level, but... On average, I mean, it's not a deep river uh, on on the stretch that I'm on. As you go on downstream, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's much deeper. Yeah, those shallow sections are good to keep the boats out, don't they? Yeah, you you can't put a boat. There's a boat ramp up this way you can launch in, but unless the water level, it, we've had a big storm and the water's way up, you can go a half mile and you're going to be hitting rocks. So. I like rock piles. Everybody's looking for soft, muddy. I'm looking for hard, rocky bottoms. That's That's where I do pretty good. Um, well, that's where I do better than not. So good stuff. Uh, and the whole river's rocky over there that you're fishing. Yeah. Until you get, I don't know, it's probably 30 miles downstream from where the river starts. And then you start getting into some, you start, we have several lock systems on down river and you get a little <laughs> bit muddier and gets a lot, there's holes up to 50 feet deep on downstream, but up this way it's uh, there's no locks or anything there's one dam actually on a short stretch but other than that there's nothing holding the water back so it's all pretty good flowing water and all pretty rocky cool i know uh, uh there was a question about your favorite bait and i know we got a lot of fans of the the c word so uh have you ever tried using chicken <laughs> yeah i've uh i've done a few videos on it and uh winter time i last winter i threw out several times throughout chicken just one because everybody was doing it and two it uh it, it did work I, I caught fish on chicken when they wouldn't bite cut bait so i'm not totally against it yeah what kind of fish what kind of results did you get with it um i caught uh, let's see i caught one or two that were in the 30 30 pound caliber then i caught one that uh put the tape on them and he he measured out that he would be somewhere in the low right around 50 pounds oh wow that's so, impressive uh, I, I can't complain with the results i had with it no more than i used it so in your opinion and your experience do you think uh the chicken brought him in or do you think you just hit that big 50 pounder in the head you know there's, there's really no telling i was suspend fishing i had fresh cut bait thrown out around i was fishing four rods so i had cut bait on three and i put a piece of chicken out on the on the fourth one and I wasn't getting anything all night on the uh, cut bait and I had a nice takedown on the chicken. I missed the fish, whatever it was, and I uh, dropped it back down and about five minutes later I had that fish hit it. So whether or not he just uh, got hit in the head or if he actually wanted it, I, I don't know, but uh, I had a lot of other, better options in my opinion hanging out real close by and he that, that he didn't take those. So. He picked the chicken. Well, if having four of them out there, he definitely gave him his choice of stuff. So that's good to know. I like to collect all the data I can whenever I'm talking to people about all this stuff. So 
I don't know. Uh, Parker Pursuits is in the in chat, and he uh, he's a big he's a big chicken user. Uh, he loves loves using that chicken. He does pretty good with a lot of smaller ones and stuff. He even said, uh, uh, um, <laughs> he's going to get a GoFundMe together to get me to use chicken. So it's not <laughs> off the it's 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 not off the table yet. I might be, be might be disowned by some of my friends, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I know a lot of people have done really well with it, so it, they've done well with. It, Get chicken, get chicken thighs. Uh, chicken they're, thighs? They're fattier and they're cheaper, uh, the boneless thighs, and they uh, stay on the hook better because you got that layer of skin and fat on there. You mm-hmm. Wrap it on there. And I didn't, I used both breast and thighs. I didn't notice what little bit I've used it. I They hit either one, but it's easier to keep keep it on there. Plus, I think having extra fat. So I got, I got a big old bag of thighs in the freezer right now. Maybe after this show, I'll go out there and thaw one out and i can get that thing deboned in no time i'm pretty good at that so uh who knows we'll we'll see what happens and parker saying (laughs) that he yeah parker would be so excited if i used chicken he'd probably be the biggest one there's a couple of people that would really like it and some that wouldn't Uh, no don't leave ryan (laughs) see what i mean about the (laughs) the turmoil (laughs) uh let's talk blue cats are you getting blue cats on the same body of water uh, we do. We've got a pretty good blue population in the Cape Fear, and then the, the Yadkin and PD is slammed full of blue cats. So we, uh, I've got the best of both worlds where I'm fishing. And and are you just coming across one species or the other? Are you targeting blues on X day, and are you targeting flatheads on another trip, and so on? Um, typically, I'm gonna I'm gonna set up for one or the other. Now there are areas that you just as likely catch one as there is the other, but Prime example, if you watched one of my last videos, I was set up there at a dam. That particular trip, I'm I'm looking for, for blue cats. Now, that was actually filmed early in the spring. I just now posted it, but it was filmed early in the spring. The blues were up there feeding around the dam pretty actively. I wasn't expecting many flatheads to even be out at that time, so I was mm-hmm. focusing on blues in that particular trip. Um, now, I mean, the dam, if I was looking for blues, I'd go back to that dam versus... I'd rather be on downstream um, if I was going to be chasing flathead. So you, you work your way down a few miles. It's get away from the, the quick moving water and find some of those holes down there and then set up below them or above them. I should say. Pretty cool. And what, what's your PB uh, blue? I'm guessing right around in the fifties. I, I don't, I don't have, so it was, I don't have it was in your 60s. kayak. It's hard to, hard to weigh them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't have any of the mega 60, 70, 80 pound blues. So, so, so your, all your PBs came out of your kayak pretty much, you're saying, right? In the kayak or off there using the kayak to get to the bank. Yeah. I have, I haven't okay. caught a big fish while in a boat, but I haven't yet. Boat, boat fishing either. So, well, that could change. You never know. You might be like me. You'd be like, might be like this, this kayak stuff is getting old. I need a boat. I got too much stuff to haul around. That's the biggest reason why I ended up with a boat. It got tired. It got tired. Just I got tired just carrying it on out to my bank spots. So, and the bank spots are few and far between. I, how is bank? You, you do a lot of bank fishing. How are the spots by you? Are, are are there few or far between, or is there quite a bit of them where you're at? There, there's a few. The biggest thing is we're this area is not 45 minutes outside of Raleigh, so it's pretty heavy population of people. Mm-hmm. So uh, even though we do have a a few areas that are, are large, like game land type areas. They get crowded, so 
that's why I had the kayak. I, I like to go find me a sandbar somewhere down in the river and uh, get away from those places because they get, they get overfished. It looks like Mrs. Higgins is all in for a boat. She's even wanting you to buy a vehicle to haul it with. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have any fun vehicles anymore. I, I, my commute to work when I go in is pretty long, so I've got me a pretty uh, fuel-efficient vehicle. Frontline Flatheads, thanks for checking out the uh, the channel. I think I saw him earlier in my uh, live stream. It was kind of hard to see in the um in the sun. I apologize for that, but uh, welcome back. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your year. He says you're having a good year. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's, the past month's been exceptionally well. Uh, I've been almost too lucky. I'm going to, I feel like I'm, my lucky streak's going to run out and I'm going to hit a big dry spell because I've, I've managed to catch a decent flathead just about every trip I've gone on the past few or several weeks. So <laughs> it's, it's been fun. I don't want it to stop, but it's, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid it's my luck's probably about my, my lucky horseshoe or whatever is about used up by now. You'd be surprised. You can, you'll, you, you'll stay on them. I used to think the same way and, and, uh, um, I, I need to do a little, I need to get out on the water more, but the times I get out, I still do pretty good. So I, I, I can't complain. I like to think that I've learned a little bit and I imagine it's the same for you. Granted luck has a lot to do with it, but you know, you got your spots. You know what bait works well for you, right? You got your techniques. Uh, you had mentioned your 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 drifting, right? Drifting weights or suspending I, weights, I should say. I, I suspend if I'm sitting out, sitting out there. I have drug weights a little bit, and I'm going to do more of it with that the trolling motor. Pad, paddling and and dragging weights is is tough. So uh, I, I've got my my drift weights and I've, I just bought some new rods and reels and I'm going to rig up for drifting. So uh, I'm going to focus on that a little bit. I, I just started doing it and I found out that I could be a heck of a lot more productive doing it. So I think I'm going to keep doing it. I might even head out tomorrow and do it. And if you guys are watching, maybe I'll go live. We'll see what happens. I think the flatheads are spawning out here. How about by you? I think we're off the spawn now for the flatheads. The blues, I think, at least in my stretch, they seem to still be, um on the nest but for the most part the other night we caught seven flatheads i think in one spot off the bank which that kind that's of crazy me they're probably uh off the nest that's crazy we I, I i know guys that have nights like that out here but i've never had nights like that so good for you man that would be crazy for me southern cross outdoors says he makes an he makes some awesome videos and puts a hurt on those flatheads i have to agree and so I, what are your point? Oh, go ahead. So no, go ahead. I don't want to. I was just going to say one of the the big things you're talking about as far as me staying on the fish. Weather to me is a bigger key than than your even almost. I mean, you got to be in the right spot and need the right bait. But the biggest key I have noticed the past two months has has been weather. I've been playing the weather a lot more, and that has significantly played off i believe so so can you can you describe what you mean by play the weather any so one of the things that i've noticed is cold fronts I, instead of i've been i've been fishing right after a cold front so i look for a cold front that's brought rain i don't fish the day of it as long as you get within 48 hours catch the river on the rise nice steep temperature drop about a 10 degree drop and then your air temperatures have dropped 10 to 15 degrees and uh, if you fish that little window there, 24 to 48 hours after that front, 
it's been a, it seems to have worked a little bit better. And also the flatheads have been coming on cut bait during those um, fronts. I, I don't know why, but they, they've hardly touched live bait. They've all wanted cut. So yeah, that, that's I, been something I've kind of picked up on here the past couple months. I've noticed similar things here at the river. It, not so much air temperature and cold fronts coming through, but actual, you know, water temperatures. I'm kind of watching a little closer. And uh, when, when whenever we have drops, I'd I like to think, I could be wrong, that they get lazy when those water temperatures drop. Yep. You know, so they're they're more apt at taking uh, an easy meal rather than chasing something down. So uh, that that could very well be, but it's kind of cool that you notice that. So uh, um, so you're paying real close attention to how you're fishing. Yeah, I I spend more time looking at the um, at my water graphs and temperatures and stuff because we have gauges all over, you know, out here, and a lot of them even tell the temperature of the water and tells you flow, and you can look back history for years and years and i don't take a whole lot of hand notes but i document everything on video and i take pictures of everything so i'm able to keep track of all my dates and then compare them um like this year i was looking back on last year's dates and just comparing and kind of getting figuring out what was going on and then looking if i had a good night compare it and then try to repeat and that that definitely is played a big part in finding bite actively biting fish is playing that weather pattern and how long have you been chasing big flatheads? I've started past few years. I really started focusing on it. Before that, I was, I mean, I was, I'd go out and fish for anything with some chicken lizards mm -hmm. and night crawlers, but I, I really wasn't, that wasn't my intent to catch a big fish. I just went out there to hang out and I caught a catfish. That was great. And that but, gets you started and that's about it. Um, I had an offline conversation um, with Chris Souders and we were talking about how, catfishing changes not only from well not how it's repetitive year after year but it goes in cycles of maybe five years he was kind of guessing i don't know i don't have enough data he's been doing a heck of a lot longer he says he's been talking to a lot of people that have that kind of data which made it interesting and i know we had a little talk offline and you'd mentioned that you are a hunter correct that's correct all right and do you ever hunt rabbit i don't oh well rabbit rabbit population cycles and it goes in seven year cycles okay. what happens they go through feast or famine over that seven years and you'll have a really low spot at the bottom of that seven years and a really high spot like right in the middle and it swings back and forth um i'm thinking i'm starting to see uh similar stuff with with catfish whether it's channel cats or flatheads i don't fish for blues i don't have them here uh but uh keep that in mind when you're looking at your data and stuff i think you'll 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 agree um, the same thing. I mean, the, uh, we call fish smart or animals smart uh, when when I, I'm a firm believer that they're pretty much learned responses and they're just responding to their environments. Um, so like this year, we're having a super dry year here. And, and looking back at like historical weather data, I'm finding that anytime it's happened in this, we've had similar um um, harvests and stuff just looking back through through facebook and, and some other sources that i have talking to people so that could definitely be something you want to keep in mind uh when you're looking at that or or, or are you able to repeat the same thing every year i mean i could be wrong um i'm I, i'm i don't feel like i'm to that point where i'm doing that at this yet because i, I learn something every time and i feel like I, I tweak it still in the tweaking process hopefully uh maybe another five or ten years i'll be at that level but right now it's uh ever changing 
Yeah, you, I, got rab- you got rabbits in the backyard because they've been out there. They were biting my corn off earlier in the year. I'm gonna be, I told my wife, I said, there might be dead rabbits. I about turned into a small bird hunter with this big plot of grass I'm trying to grow in the backyard. That's another story. So, oh, mm, Let's see if we got any other questions here. Uh, Jacob, how do you say that? Hagen, Hagen? I'm going to take a guess. Sorry if I butchered that. Um, if you know my last name, you'll, you might cut me some slack, but he says he went fishing today. Cool. Uh, bait the hook. Welcome. It seems to be a new one. Please subscribe. Give us a thumbs up if you like what's going on here. Uh, so let's, let's talk about your channel. Where do you plan on going with it? I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of going along with it, having fun with it. My, uh, it was originally I was putting a lot of F I'm still putting effort into it, but I was really focusing on YouTube. And then uh, I kind of, which I, I mentioned in the channel, I, I started a fish Facebook fishing page called NC catfishing. Cause we didn't really have a good state page in, for North Carolina. We had some river pages and we had a few that weren't really active. And you know, the forum days are kind of bygone. They are. So I started that about a year, year and a half ago. And just because I wanted something for myself to be able to talk to people and see what's going on throughout the state. And that's kind of blown up and uh, we're approaching 10,000 people in that pay, that group now. And uh, it's gotten big enough that uh, it takes a lot of time. And I've reached out to some of our biologists here in the state that I'm trying to get them involved to talk more with us on the conservation side. And it's just, uh, that's taken more of my focus here recently because uh I really want to see better regulations here. No, that's a whole nother topic, but just that's a whole nother story. That's kind of where I put more effort. And then uh, YouTube has almost gotten to be my second thing because I was trying to post once a week. Now I'm doing good to post every other week. So yeah, those groups will take up a lot of your time. I know, you know, firsthand that, that definitely, I can't imagine with 10,000, I mine's at like 4,700. I was really, really having to put a lot of effort in. We're talking hours every day just to manage everything. People kind of don't, don't get that. And (laughs) it's kind of cool. Well, good for you. How long is it? What can, can you repeat the name of the group so people can go out there and, uh, it's NC catfishing. It's, uh, simple. Yeah. Just it's for North Carolina. I mean, anybody can join it, but I mean, it's, it's everything about it is North Carolina focused. So if you want to see what we're catching, you want to find out, I mean, there's, you got all kinds of folks on there. I'll go ahead and warn you, as you know, it's Facebook. So yeah, I do it's, my, it's, do my best to try to moderate some of it, but you kind of just have to let everybody fight it out as long as they keep it somewhat cordial. Um, <laughs> just they'll, they'll work it out amongst themselves. It's still, it's still not as bad as back in the day, like forums and stuff. That was wild, wild west back in the day. That was I've pretty read crazy. A, read a bunch of those. And I'm like, wow, we. <laughs> <clears throat> well they're fishermen everybody likes to give each other the business and they get they get pretty upset about stuff so it's it's only natural that that happens so most of them are good people everybody i've found pretty much means uh means well except for a couple of real trolls we had one in, in here last week we had one in catfish weekly just prior to that and usually they either get tired or bored or they leave or, or somebody bans them which yep. which will happen so we we for the most part we have all sorts of good people on on the group here and and the catfish and crappie group and, and, and in the chat. So cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about your filming technique since it looks so good. You had mentioned you have a lot of lights. How much is a lot of lights and what's it take to power a lot of lights? So I, I started off with, um, 
Well, I started off with a little old tiny like little chest video lamp, and I just swap that out from my GoPro, my tripod, and my chest, wherever. And then uh, I got on eBay and uh, I bought some of the like off-road lights and some of the little. I thought I had, they're not behind me now, but little nine-volt batteries, and I'd set them up on PVC and run them. And uh, here recently, I uh, I bought a couple of lithiums so I can don't have to worry about them dying. And I uh, and I ended up buying a. Uh, Treeland Fishing put me on this one. This will be, I started using this in my most recent videos. There's a big old LED light on a 10-foot pole that remote control now, so I can set it up high. I've run some black lights down below it so I can run them uh, not doing anything. And then I've also got a couple of small LED video filming lights that are up on tripods I use to do my, um, when I catch a fish, do my intros or just any type of commentary. I'll flip them on and then use my my big camera. To, you are really lighting it up, aren't you? No wonder they look so good. Yeah, I'm, I keep on adding more and more. So that's why I had to. I've got a 60 amp and a 54 amp lithium out there now, so I can add a few more lights and run them all night with those batteries. Oh, and how many how many amp hours are those lithiums? One's a 54 and the other one's a 60. Yeah, so they'll last they'll last a little while. Yeah, they can. And, I, and, and those LEDs don't have a big uh, amp draw, do they? No, no, not at all. I can. The one of the off-road lights I can run it for six to eight hours on a little nine volt, uh, whatever the cheap little twenty dollar battery. So uh -huh. the lithium you can run it for days probably. You're talking about like an ice fishing battery, right? One of those yeah. smaller ones. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The ones that guys use, they they would adapt them into kayak use and stuff. So uh, they're fairly cheap, but there's weight to them, and they don't last as long as they're what seven amp hours on the average. Yes, yeah, so you can get them anywhere from seven to twelve on average. And I think mm -hmm. I've got three nines, and I use them for my fish finder too. They're they're great for that. But absolutely, what kind of fish finder are you running in your kayak? Uh, Garmin Five, Garmin okay. Striker Five. Striker five. So you're not into like the whole side scan and all that in your kayak. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm looking at them now since I put a motor on there. Cause everybody said, if you put side scan, you paddle cause you can't keep you, you, you you're swaying back and forth each paddle. So your side scan doesn't work good. But with the motor that kind of changes everything. So I, I am considering putting a side, getting one with side scan. Side scan is great. Even if you're sitting steady, you can still see fish moving in side scan if you're if you're stationary. So that's not too bad. So it's probably one of my favorite tools as far as it goes. Although you know, I, you know, I, this is catfish and crappie. I like to do some crappie fishing. So uh, um, I, that live scope, man, I must talk about this too. I won't talk about it anymore. People are probably sick of me talking about it. Making a look at the price tag on that thing, but yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> hey, Garmin, if you're out there watching, man, just holler at your boy. Man, I'll I'll push you guys to the end of time. You just give me a lifetime supply of that stuff, so we'll be good. Oh boy! All right, so you got all the lights and stuff. What kind of can? Do you mind sharing this information? What kind of cameras are you running? Just um, for my chest mount, I've got a GoPro Hero Five Black. Um, for I call it my takedown camera now. I, I set it up on the kayak or somewhere just to try to catch the takedown. It's just a Hero Black Twenty Eighteen. Mm -hmm. um, and then for my intros, B-roll, commentary, fish, whatever, I use a Sony a7 III. Cool. Big boy camera. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, is the quality that much better to justify the price? Well, so I come from the photography world. Oh, okay. I, I kind of moonlighted a little bit on the side. and I've done some weddings. I used to do a lot of equestrian stuff, mm -hmm. senior pictures, stuff like that. 
Um, and I was a, a Nikon, Nikon guy. Well, as I kind of started getting into YouTube, Sony is definitely, they, they all have good video equipment now, but I, I messed with the Sony stuff before. I really liked what they offered for, for what I was doing. And so I sold all my Nikon gear and uh, started from scratch with Sony. So for me, it is because I still do stills. I needed a camera that could produce high quality still images as well as good videos. So I kind of combined the two so I could justify uh, stepping up to a full frame camera, which honestly, if you're just doing video only, you, you don't need that. But for me, it, it was justifiable. Do you take that camera on the kayak with you is the question. I, I, I do. Um, Brave <laughs> I've man. Got, I've got a, so I don't set it up if I'm going to be sitting in the kayak, but if I'm on the bank, I'm, I'm paddling with it, but I do have a waterproof, shockproof, heavy duty. Uh, okay. like, it's not a Pelican brand, but it's like a Pelican case. Right. And I usually lock it into the kayak. So good, good idea. I was going <laughs> to say, man, I'd be nervous. Yeah. I don't want that floating downstream. That would, uh, no. I, mean, I do have protection on the camera if I break it, but I got to or get it wet, but I got to recover it. So yeah, as long as it's tied up, that's good. Uh, and you only pull that out when you're on the bank, like when you paddle your spots, right? Right. I I, I don't set it up on the kayak. I just I, I don't have the stomach for that. Yeah, you're definitely over that six year over that six hundred pounds in that kayak with all that gear and stuff. <laughs> I, I'm I definitely push it. I don't know just what the max I'm filling up, but I've a uh, I'm, I'm looking at the kayak right now trying to figure out. I, I probably, I carry, I don't know, two, 250 pounds of gear at least. So uh, Serious stuff. Well, good for you. You're, you're def- the video quality definitely shows. So uh, now we know why. You have a little experience in that. So maybe we got the next Dieter Melhorn over here on the show. Well, I don't have the video experience. That, that's, a, that's a new world for me. It comes with that. You're doing a fine job. If anybody out there hasn't subscribed uh, to <laughs> to Rock Bottom Cats, the link is in the description, whether you're watching on YouTube or on the podcast. We would su- appreciate a subscription. Um, follow the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, please give us a thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for watching. I see uh, Laura the Explorer in. Laura Explorer, I believe her birthday was yesterday. Happy belated birthday, Laura. Catfish Regulators, what's going on? Uh, let's see if I missed anybody. I think we're doing pretty good. Home of Higgins is great. Is your wife uh, into fishing? Um, you know, she she was when at the beginning of things. You know, when I wasn't quite as I've always liked to fish, but I wasn't, uh, I guess, obsessed. It kind of gets obsessive when you start doing videos because then you're like, "Well, I need to make a video this week. I need to do this this week," and then you start a Facebook group. And my phone goes off 24-7 with notifications. So I'm always doing something with fishing. And I kind of, uh, she doesn't enjoy it that much. <laughs> she, yeah, when it takes she, up a lot of your time, it, she, may, she might uh, be a little sore about it. So. Yeah, I'm learning to balance things better because uh, I got to be fair to her too. I'm trying to, she's watching, so I'm trying to watch my words here. Get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh Lance, uh, how do you say that last name? McKegge? He says he just subscribed to Rock Bottom Cats. I appreciate it. If any of my mods are out there, if you uh, could share the link in the chat, that would be great. Also, if you if no one has it, it is in the description. So everybody's wishing Miss uh, Loriana happy birthday in chat. Again, happy birthday. It turns out it's today. My bad. So, um, happy cool. so we got the video production stuff down. Um, 
And 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 what are your hopes for growth in a channel? Is is there an end goal? I know you had mentioned you're just doing this for fun and stuff, but um, there, there's got to be some sort of metrics you're 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 kind of shooting for. I, I definitely, I mean, I want to. I haven't broke a thousand subscribers. I want to break that just just because that's kind of the the next step, and uh, just see where it goes from there. Um, I I don't. I, I really don't know what what's where it's going to go or or what to do with it, other than. I'm going to keep having fun with it. And, uh, and as I tell my wife, she, she gives me a hard time because I do spend so much time, but I am dedicated enough where I, I, I'm, I've gotten this far. I want to keep on going with it and see where it goes. But That's I a good way to see where it takes you. That's what I've been doing. Yep. I've, I've met a, a ton of people through it. So I've, I've made good friends through it. So that's been a, a huge benefit from it. Um, I've learned a lot because of it, because it's just made me kind of pay attention to more, uh, detail because one of i need to catch a fish if i'm on video and try to yep. post every week or two so i gotta gotta try to learn and i, I don't know i mean it's there's been a lot of benefits for myself just personally without of it and if it uh it becomes something bigger and blows up and that would be great too but it, it will it will put added pressure on to catch put those fish on the bank doesn't it yes very much so it does i try not to let it do that to me but it still does and uh until you get that first one let's say on a live stream or something man i'm a little the i'm a little nervous trying to get that stuff done especially bank fishing bank fishing you're kind of at the mercy especially like you with all the stuff you're hauling out there i could you imagine do you are you moving spots every night with all that gear no i i, I plan out where i'm gonna go and uh Assuming that I don't get a surprise and somebody's had the same plan I did, or I have gone out there and it's been underwater. Like I've, I've misjudged where it was the water level versus that spot. And, uh, that'll kind of mess you up. But, just, but for the most part, I, I know where I'm going to go ahead of time and uh, I'm going to set camp up there. Yeah, I I think I do better when I get a game plan in action, which is, let's say I, I have a friend with me in the boat or something. They don't like my game plans. They always have something to say, but I make them sit through it, and <laughs> usually they're pretty happy at the end of it, so we do all right. Uh, so when's your what, – what kind of fishing plans – well, actually, let's let's go another way. What, uh, have you caught all your dream fish? Is there any fish that you'd really like to catch that you haven't yet? Well, it's kind of – I, I say it kind of jokingly, but kind of seriously. So – the state record flathead for North Carolina was the Cape Fear River. Well, then uh, Tyler Barnes came in and broke that record in the Noose River. Um, and I said, well, I want to get it back on the state uh, Cape Fear River. So my my goal, if I had to say that I had a dream plan, that would it would be to get the state record flathead. I got, I got a little ways to go, but that is a kind of a dream. And, and what is mind. the state record? 78 pounds nine ounces i believe so I, I need a fish i need a 79 pounder because it's got to be a so many ounces over before it counts or something like that for the next oh, record, I, I think it was, I there was some any... sort of weird weird thing that i read maybe somebody can correct me if i'm wrong but I, I heard it was several ounces that you needed to break the state record I'm sure there's some sort of reasoning behind it. Not that there's any common sense, but I'm sure they have their reasons for it. So now how does it work when you, do you, do you have any idea how that works with the state records in your, in, in NC? So you've got to get it weighed at a uh, certified scale and you got to have a wildlife biologist. Um, I believe it's just a biologist. I don't think you can get a game warden, but a biologist on, on site. So uh, you got to, you better have their, 
their numbers, program it in your phone and uh, know where your scales are because you got to get it there. I, I don't know if you had to have it live or not. I, I want it live because I'm slowly but surely converting over to Big Cat Fever. And uh, you want that live if uh, you get a, one on Big Cat Fever. At, uh, yeah, they got that payday. Money. Yeah, $10,000. That that helps buy a lot of Sony A7s, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not even buy a boat. There you go. <laughs> I don't know, man. Have you seen the prices of boats these days? Holy yeah, shit. nah, I'll buy me a John boat. That's about all I had. There you go. Uh, John boat with a small jet motor will get you up and down that shallow part of the river. You'll be there good with go. that. Mm, good stuff. So, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the gear. You mentioned Big Cat Fever. Is that your rod of choice? So, I'm really a pin guy. And uh, I've just started buying Big Cat Fever rods. And what I've always talked about it, but I, um, one, I didn't want to spend the money and buy more rods. And two, I, 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 it's kind of a joke amongst me and Trevor. We're, he's a pin guy. And I say, I'm not, we don't need catfish. We don't have to have a catfish on our rod and reel to catch a catfish. And uh, I, I haven't, I've hated to switch over because now I'm, I'm joined the, the club with the rest of them. But I've bought four big cat fevers so far, but I've still got, I'm carrying three or four pins with me. So I'm 50, 50 out there, but I, I'm going to work my way on over and try to get all big cat fever eventually. And if you get that fish, if you're going for it, you might as well get the payday. Right. I mean, how are you, how are you liking the, the big fat cat fever? Are you noticing a big difference between them and the pens? So that's the tough part. I bought medium heavies mainly because my buddy got me a, a good deal on them. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would really rather have a heavy or an extra heavy because my pin rods, um, granted all rods, they one could say heavy and it feel like an extra heavy or me. I mean, it just depends on the manufacturer, but mine are more on the heavy side. if not extra heavy. If you're comparing them to like a big cat fever. Mm -hmm. And as a bank fisherman, I really like having that extra control. Now you got to work your drag a little bit more when you got a stiff tip, you end up ripping the hook out of their mouth. But I can steer them a little bit, and when I've got a bunch of lines out there on the bank and I've got rocks and structure, I like to yep. be able to drive the fish, especially if I'm by myself, and I can't do that with those medium heavies as well. But overall, feel of the rod feels great, and I, I put some squall reels on them, and that rod cast. I, I was blown away at how well that rod would cast. I've got a 12-foot um, pin deep-sea fishing rod, that mm -hmm. I bring with me for some of my spots. And I've got a uh, Abu 7000 on it. And that's a good cast and reel. But I swear I can cast as far with that big cat fever with that squall. Because, I mean, it, I, it, I was blown away at how far I could reach out with those things. So, overall, I, I'm liking them. Good. Well, that's that's cool. Um, so, you're running the squalls. What size squalls are you running? I've got two 15s and then two 20s. Um, the oh. 20s I bought to set up for dragon just because I want a little bit of extra line. Mm -hmm. But I like the 15s. It's just, I like that small reel. It's real manageable as far as casting. I might have two 15s for sale, barely used. We might need to talk. <laughs> we might need to talk. <laughs> I'm an Abu guy. I mean, I, I all reels will work. It's just what I have. And it's what I have all my spare parts. I mean, I got a whole toolbox full of spare parts for them. I buy them used and rebuild them. So it's what I have. And the pens, I just don't get around to use them. Here in Illinois, we got a two rod limit. You can have a third if it's labeled as a bank line. So it doesn't pay to have, you know, a third of the gear I already have. So 
that would be the only reason. Now, you had mentioned the uh, c- kind of steering the fish, and I'm a big advocate in doing that. You have to do it. And it's it's a balancing act between, like you said, ripping the hook out of their mouth, most definitely. But it, it me being boat fisherman in a, an aluminum boat that's not the most smoothest bottom, if, if, if I'm in five feet of water and I got a 30-pound flathead going directly under my boat, I need to keep that line off the bottom of my boat. And a medium heavy definitely is like where I use that. So I can relate with that and pulling them out of like log jams and stuff too. It makes a big deal. A lot of people give me grief for using, for using braid. They're like, Oh, you're going to hit it on a rock or you're going to do this, do that. I haven't had that. What what kind of line are you running? I've had my feelings hurt with braid. And uh, after I got them hurt a couple of times and my buddy did too. Uh-huh. Me and both, we threw, we put, pulled the braid off, threw it away. And uh, I've got one, uh, um, reel spinning reel with braid on it um, and I'll bring it with me but I'm very strategic about where I throw that thing uh, everything else uh, I don't use anything expensive I use Berkeley big game mono uh-huh. um, I've got anywhere from 30 to 50 pound but I I think almost everything switched over to 30 pound at this point you said 30 pounds is that what you said you broke up a little bit okay well that makes sense you know and you're you're, you're able to steer them now that I'm thinking about it because you're using the heavy and the extra heavy rods right right so that's where you're making up for that stretch yeah where i'm just using like a heavy i got a couple of rods that i really like that i use um but might be switching soon to some mediums uh, medium heavies i don't know yet i'm gonna see how these ones i got now work out so finn seeker tv what's going on finn how you doing welcome epic catfishing in the house what's going on epic uh you got some good cat fishermen in here listening so cool Thanks for checking out the chat. I really appreciate the thumbs up. Also, if you're listening to the podcast at home, I'm going to include Rock Bottom Cats link, Austin's link in the description of that as well. Check out his YouTube channel. Check out his Facebook group. And what was the name of your Facebook group again? Uh, NC Catfishing. NC Catfishing. You know, the catfishing technically isn't a word. Yeah, I know. Uh, iPhone hates it. Everything with spell check hates it. Hates it, definitely. I blame Lyle Stokes for starting that, and you know what? I like the word catfishing. It kind of helps when you're looking in Google and you don't just enter catfish in there and get a bunch of MTV malarkey, yeah. right? Yeah, well, when you hashtag it, you you got to be careful on your hashtags or uh, you end up having a whole bunch of, uh, uh, of women with a lot of makeup on that don't look like their real profiles popping up on that hashtag. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe that's kind of why we're getting all of those friend requests. I know a lot of catfishermen oh, get them. So. Yeah, I get bombarded sometimes. That's the joy of YouTube. My wife's like, what the heck is she want to be your friend for? I go, never <laughs> mind. Never mind. Uh, Brad Cadell is in the room. What's going in the house? What's going on, Brad? Uh, Palmetto Cats is still here. Everybody's saying hello to everybody. So a lot of cool stuff. Um, you're, so you're running Braid. What, what, what kind of hooks are you running? You J-hooks, circle hooks? Circle hooks. I've uh, I've actually started dabbling with some trophy cat tackle hooks just because I like their owner. He's a great dude, great customer service. So uh, I started using some of those, but I've got a ton and my primary hook still just because I have so many is Team Catfish Double Action. You like the uh, double eight, action? Eight I like the double action. Two things, um, well, a lot of things, but a couple. The big things. One, and I know I'll probably get some grief for this, but it's a it's a heavier hook. So, yes, it can. That could cause some issues with getting a good hook set sometimes because it's not a fine wire hook, but it's a stout hook. You don't have to worry as much about it breaking off as you do uh, or bending as a, as a, 
the fine wire hook and then I like the double action because if I want to set the hook, I can do it. So if I want to, I'm not going to snatch it like a bass fisherman, but sometimes you got a flathead or a channel cat, especially they like to sit there and mess with it. I can rear back on it a little bit and usually stick them with that hook versus if I use a regular like octopus circle hook, a good chance I'm just going to pull the hook. I, I have had terrible luck with double action hooks. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I lose use braid. I don't know. I'm going to run um, mono on my new uh, um, dragging rods that I'm getting set up, getting sent over from Uncle Lou, uh, just for the one reason that, you know, the, the diameter of the, the line makes it stay easier in the um, in the planer boards. Okay. Um, so we'll see how that works. Maybe I'll throw some uh, uh, double action hooks on there just to test it out, see what my ratio changes to. But that's something that I've been uh, kind of uh, wondering about. Uh, Catfish Fever Outdoors, what's going on, Lynn? Uh, we got a question from Miss Lori Ann over at Laura the Explorer on YouTube. Um, why does Austin choose to use braid? Or No, he uses mono versus braid. Uh, you went into that a little bit, right? Yeah, it's the biggest thing for me is I fish around a lot of rocks and I've uh, I had braid get broken off a couple of times and I I'm not my luck I'll have the fish of my dreams on there and I'll break it off so I, I feel a lot safer with mono. And that Berkeley big game mono man that's some tough stuff. It really is. I mean, I'll be honest, even thirty pound line because it's got a good bit of stretch in it. And uh, even getting hung up when you're on the bank there, it can be an absolute pain to get that stuff to break it, off. It is. It absolutely is. It's just one of the reasons I'll run. Well, that's one of the reasons I don't run mono because it's such a pain to break. If you're running like a 30-pound mono, uh, you, you think, well, it's only 30 pounds. But, man, that stretches. Add the stretch, add the drag. It, it, it's a nightmare. But. I got I got 50-pound mono hung up when I was in the kayak one time. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you. I, I finally got that. I think I ended up cutting that. But, yeah, you, you're not going to break that unless you, you get lucky. It's uh, it's it's quite the experience of pulling a 16-foot boat in a in current, up up current, trying to break it. I've done that before <laughs> a couple of times. So it's it's definitely a task, but it's it's all part of it. I mean, you learn to to do stuff. If anybody's out there and you want to break, whether it's braid or mono, don't don't use your hands. Don't use your reel. Wrap something around it, whether it's the butt of a pocket knife or the butt of a bait net, and and that usually works pretty good. That's the oldest trick of the book. I split my finger open trying to break mono off. I um I had my I was thumbing the spool and holding the line. I, don't put your thumb on the spool with a bait caster. I uh. I went to release some of the tension. I had more than I thought, and it ripped my thumb into into it. Yeah, into it, it broke a gear inside of my reel. That's how hard it. My thumb went up in there, so uh, it hurt and also bled. <laughs> so <laughs> I do that all the time, just tying leader materials. Gets right in your fingers when I'm trying to tie knots tight, man. That's another story. So. Cool. So we went over all of that stuff. Now, you're, are you running Santee Cooper rigs, Carolina rigs? What are you running? I'm, I'd say 90% of the time I'm running a Santee rig. Um, I do throw a Carolina out from time to time uh, if I just want to do something different. But for me personally, since I am fishing rockier areas, I don't like my baits falling down and some sort of crack in the rock because that's not going to do me any good. And I also, I like having some movement. Now, if you're in 
some raging river, you, you don't want your bait sitting there going crazy. But yeah. if you moderate moderate current, I mean, you, that movement to me is a, is a bonus. But I just like it off the bottom for the main reason. And I, I do set my leaders accordingly. I mean, I might run a 12-inch leader. I might run a three-foot leader. And I'll usually have some varying lengths um, whenever I go out. I don't I don't do like some folks. All I'm have to be three-foot long. Everything's no. the same. I want it to want it to change a little bit just because depth can be a big thing, especially if you're fishing shallow. Um, you do a three-foot leader, you can float your bait almost up to the top in a three- or four-foot section of depth of water. And uh, I'll do that in some super shallow areas, and you'll hear the blues out there um, hitting the top, and you'll hear them break before they even uh, set your bait clicker off. But uh, So I'll, I'll change that up a little bit. I, I experienced that with channel cats in Mendota, man. They were feeding off the top. It was really weird. We'd get that bait on top of the weeds, and they would hit that bait so hard. You know, the the weeds are literally nine inches below the surface. They would break the surface when they'd hit that, and they were doing tailwalks. You ever get a chance to come out and fish in Madison? You let me know. We'll oh, go I'll out there. You'll, you'll you'll have a lot of fun. Uh, well, I want to wish you the best of luck. I want to thank you for being on the show. We're just over an hour. I really appreciate you being on. I uh, you were very. You Hey, man, it was awesome. I want everybody out there in the chat, everybody listening to this on podcast, uh, check out the description. Go check out uh, um, Austin's channel, Rock Bottom Cats, on YouTube. Give him a sub. Uh, check out NC Catfishing on Facebook. Become a part of his group, uh, whether you live in, in NC or not. Um, I'm sure you could learn something from there and uh, enjoy enjoy uh, uh, the the fellowship of cat fishermen everywhere all the drama and the information that they have to share i always get a kick out of that so i want to thank everybody for tuning in thank you again austin everybody have a wonderful week get out there and fish happy birthday again to uh Lori ann anybody else having a birthday this week happy birthday to you uh, and i hope everybody had a wonderful wonderful fourth of july so all right guys